Bible or have a, have a look in your phone and turn to Mark uh, chapter 10 uh, verse 46. Uh, what we're going to be doing uh, over these weeks is continuing uh, our series leading up to Easter. We started uh, last week looking at interactions that Jesus has with different people as he heads towards uh, Jerusalem. Significant uh, interactions that he has either with individuals or groups of people that show us some of his character, that show us what, he, what he's like. Um, he's in the closing weeks of his life. His, his ministry is, as it were, coming to an end, coming to a head. Uh, and it gives us such insight and clarity to the character and the compassion and the focus of Jesus um, as he is singularly face and heart set towards going up to Jerusalem as we looked last week to give his life as a ransom uh, for many. Last week we looked at the interaction that James and John have with Jesus and uh, their jostling for position and power and authority in the new kingdom and how uh, we saw that uh, humility uh, and, and servanthood are foundational to what it means to, to follow Jesus. And uh, this morning we're going to be looking at the interaction Jesus has with uh, Bartimaeus uh, in Jericho. So uh, once you read with me we're going to have a look at As I said, from Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 46. It says, They came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him to keep quiet, but he was crying out all the more, Have mercy on me, son of David. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, Have courage, get up. He's he's calling for you. He threw off his coat, jumped up, and he came to Jesus. And then Jesus answered him, What do you want me to do for you? Rabboni, the blind man said to him, I want to see. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has saved you. Immediately he could see and began to follow Jesus on the road. That's the passage that we're going to look at uh, this morning and I want to start by helping us to picture this this scene where we find ourselves this morning in, in Mark's Gospel. This uh, account is um, repeated in a couple of the other Gospels, but we are looking at the one largely in Mark here this morning. Uh, and the central characters are Jesus and, and Bartimaeus. Uh, and Bartimaeus, it tells us the son of Timaeus, he's a blind beggar. Now, most of us, most of you listening to this or watching this, certainly, uh, don't, we don't understand exactly what it's like to be blind, to be, to be visually, as it were, cut off from the world around us. And, and, and back then, in the context, uh, the, the inability to see would have had such far-reaching consequences for Bartimaeus. It says he's a beggar. Um, he's needing assistance just to survive. Uh, he's helped along by people. He's helped all the way through even this, this account that come and find him and when Jesus eventually calls for him, he throws up his coat and he is assisted to come before Jesus. But enter into his world 
for a little bit. He's blind. He, he's, socially, he's socially cut off to some degree. Yes, blind people can certainly participate uh, in the world in, in very meaningful ways, but there's still that, that, uh, that hindrance of some of their dreams and hopes and, uh, and ambitions, and they can't see what, what we can see. And uh, there's a bit of a, 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 dark, a darkness, a dark world that he, that he lives in. And he hears... Um, that Jesus of Nazareth is coming to town. We don't, we don't know how he heard uh, who Jesus was or what he was like, but there must have been some knowledge that he knew that this man uh, would be able to help him. Maybe he had heard about the, the teaching and the healing ministry of Jesus leading up to that point, but as he hears that Jesus is coming, this blind, desperate man realizes that this is his chance at healing. This is his chance, and so he starts to make an absolute racket. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into um, some more of the details of the account. But as we as we do that, I don't want us to spend all of our time looking at Bartimaeus. These passages, these stories, these accounts are given to us to help us keep our eyes on Jesus. And as I said last week, that's what we want to do as we head towards Easter, as we live in these completely upside down times now. We want to keep our eyes set on Jesus. We want to keep our hearts fixed on Him. We want to look to Him. We want to love Him. We want to learn from Him. We want to still continue to be like Him. And as we head towards Easter, it's all eyes on Him. And so even as we go through this account, I want us to be looking at what we learn about Jesus from from this uh, account. And the first thing I want us to uh, be reminded of this morning is that Jesus uh, sees and engages individuals. Jesus sees and engages individuals. There's this thronging crowd around Jesus. Um, this momentum is built up uh, around him. Uh, he's got followers. He's got the close disciples. But there's also just others following him. There's this, there's this man with this aura around him who teaches like no one else has ever taught and who heals and uh, restores the, the, the sight of the blind and he helps the lame to walk and he heals all other diseases, he drives out demons. This accumulated ministry of Jesus throughout his time, uh, his public ministry, is now coming to its head and he's gathered um, a following and there's this crowd thronging around him and um, but at the same time he is eyes fixed on heading towards Jerusalem. He is focused he knows where he's going. There's some who didn't want him to go there, uh, maybe just worried about the disturbance that would happen there, but Jesus knew. Uh, his face was set there. He knew what awaited him in Jerusalem. And so he's, he's, he's fixed. His mind and his heart is fixed as a man, as it were, very much, very clearly on a mission. And uh, as I reflected on this, um, I thought of sometimes how I am um, distracted. Uh, when, I, when I'm on my own mission, often I, uh, being a pastor, you, you know lots of people, and you do weddings and funerals, and so a lot of people know you, but you don't necessarily know all of them. And that often happens to me when I'm, when I'm in the shops. I hate shopping, um, so, but sometimes you have to, uh, you have to go uh, to the shops. And sometimes when I'm wandering around the shops, um, you know, someone, will, someone will shout out and say, Hey, Doug, or something like that. And, and I, I'm sometimes in a complete dwell. I'm focused. I'm, I'm on my own mission. I'm not worried about them, and sometimes I miss people. I think sometimes people have been offended. If you're one of them, I'm sorry. Well, I was on my mission, 
and somebody tried to get my attention. Uh, and I think I've maybe missed interactions or missed people because I've been focused on something. And I think um, here we see Jesus very focused but not missing the people. And maybe just for us to provoke us and encourage us. This is sometimes we can be so um, focused on our mission that we can miss what God is wanting to be up to. We are so set on running around doing this and that. This is a wonderful season now where the whole world seems to be slowing down, helping us reorder our priorities and focus. Uh, but you know, we'll be heading into a new normal when we come out of this corona season. Um, but a reminder to us that when you're on your mission running around, there will be individuals that God is wanting to meet and minister to and, and do things in uh, their lives through us and uh, a provocation to us as we follow Jesus to not be lost in the crowds and in the, the buzz, but to always be attentive. That God, God sees individuals and he, and he loves them and He deals with them. Bartimaeus cries out to Jesus and it's, you could just picture the scene, this desperate blind man is, is shouting, um, trying to be heard, he can't really muscle his way in there and no doubt there's a whole bunch of people thronging around Jesus trying to get sort of close up to him and be in on the, in on the mix right there in the action and they're all thinking they're far more important than this blind beggar. Uh, Jesus doesn't need to give his time to guys like that. There, you know, these other people thronging around him. Jesus, maybe they're crowding him in a direction, wanting him to go somewhere and do things and serve their purposes. And it says there that he, he, he's crying out, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me!" And the more he, the more he cries out, the more people are telling him to shut up. They're just like, "Just be quiet, dude." Bartimaeus, just pipe down. Man, this, guy, this guy's important. Jesus, he's on a mission. We're all with him. I can just imagine the scene. It's just chaos. They're like, they're trying to shut him up. And the more they're trying to shut him up, the more he's, the more he's yelling out. And uh, somehow it gets to Jesus that uh, Bartimaeus is calling for him. And Jesus stops whatever he's doing, wherever he's going. And he, he calls for Bartimaeus to be brought to him. Uh, Jesus engages and sees individuals. And they have uh, an incredible encounter. And I wanted to um, put this before our eyes and remind us that you, you're probably or highly possibly watching this on your own. Uh, the extroverts amongst us will have already uh, be completely done with this work from home situation and social distancing or whatever it is. And you may be feeling um, lonely, isolated and unseen and feeling a bit disconnected from your normal routines and rhythms and people. And I want to remind you this morning that God sees and God engages with us as individuals, as, as it, particularly as individuals. And He sees you now. He sees what's going on. He's completely attentive and aware and fully knowledgeable of you and what you're going through. And He is with you. And He's longing to speak to you and do a work in you in this season where we're disconnected in different ways from people. And Jesus has this interaction with Bartimaeus and he, he says to him, what do you want me to do for you? It's such a powerful question. What do you want me to do for you? And we saw last week, Jesus has the same question with James and John. They come to him and they say, Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask you to do. And he says, well, what, what do you want me to do for you? And they proceed with their outlandish uh, requests. But here we have Bartimaeus, blind, 
the desperate Bartimaeus in front of the King of Heaven. And Jesus is asking him, what do you want me to do for you? And it's a strange question in some ways, because Jesus knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. Um, and he can see, he knew, he would have known who Bartimaeus uh, is, but he would have been able to see in a human level uh, that this guy is blind. Um, and, you know, when a blind guy comes up to you and you know him for a healing ministry, it's a, it's a strange interaction. What do you want me to do uh, for you? But that's what I love about Jesus. There's this, there's this tenderness, there's this compassion, there's an engagement. He's not some kind of crazy TV faith healer who's just parading the stage and throwing his jacket at people and, and making the healing look like a, a circus act. He is face towards Bartimaeus asking him, what do you want me to do for you? He wants to hear out of Bartimaeus' mouth uh, the request and the interaction with Jesus. is such a powerful question. What do you want me to do for you? And we'll revisit that a little bit later. He sees individuals and he engages with them. Second thing I want to remind us of is that Jesus has all authority. Jesus has all, all, all authority. Bartimaeus' request is, I, I, I want to see. I want to see. I want, I want to be able to see the world around, around me. Now, that's, that's a, almost an impossible request to put to most human beings. If a blind person comes to me and says the same thing to me, I have limited ability to heal them. I could send them to an eye doctor, maybe a surgery would improve their sight or something, but the ability to miraculously heal lies with Jesus and the power that He demonstrates a life lived under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And He speaks, and it says immediately Bartimaeus is healed. He receives His sight. I want to remind you this morning of the authority and the power of Jesus. When the whole world um, seems on its head, the whole world, it feels like it's been shaken. Everywhere you look, um, it just, we've never, well, not that we've never been through times, but our generation will struggle to remember a, a time like this where everything feels so unsettled, uncertain. We feel our frailty. We feel our humanity. We we sense our limitations and our inabilities um, to fight this virus, to control things. And yet, and yet, we need to look at the one who has all the authority. We need to place our trust and our hope and fix our eyes on the one who sits on his throne in heaven and has been given the name that's above every other name and who has all authority. Now, I don't want your heart to be troubled and gripped with fear and anxiety this morning, but rather to look to Him and believe again that we follow the One who has all authority. And we don't know what, what, what God is doing in these days. Uh, he is doing something. The Spirit of God is moving in the world and is, is at work. And God is shaking the world. And I think calling people um, to Himself in this process. But as we look at that, I want to remind you to keep your heart and your eyes fixed on the One who has all the authority that we place our faith in Him, we believe in Him. We don't lose our way and just promise everyone an immediate healing. We don't know what God's going to do. We don't know how many more people will die as a result of this virus. We pray uh, not many more. Uh, we're not going to guarantee people uh, healing. We don't want to be foolish and unwise, but we do want to fix our eyes on Jesus and remind ourselves that whatever is happening, that's not outside of His authority. 
It's not like a virus has taken God by surprise. Jesus is out of control. We've got no ability to interact and intervene and interact with the world and exercise his authority. It all still lies with Jesus. He is the one in ultimate authority. The third thing I want us to be reminded of this morning is that Jesus grants sight so that we can follow him. Jesus grants sight so we can follow him. I think that's the, uh, the whole gist and the importance of this passage is that Bartimaeus is healed and it says immediately he starts to follow Jesus. In the account in, in Luke, it says instantly he could see and he began to follow him glorifying God. All the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This interaction happens. Jesus speaks a word. Bartimaeus' sight is returned fully, immediately. He is praising God as is appropriate, and it says immediately he starts to follow him. There's a million things Bartimaeus could have done. I mean, if I'd been a blind beggar for ages and suddenly had my sight restored, I'm not sure how I would respond. I think I'd, I want to think I'd be immensely grateful for the person who had done that for me, but he may have been tempted to run off and do a whole bunch of other things and catch up with mates and or whatever it is. And it says he, he immediately follows him. He glorifies God and all the people together glorify God. They're amazed at what's happened. It says he starts to follow Jesus. Jesus is going, he's keeping on his mission. And Bartimaeus now joins that group of disciples that are following him. And there's a sense in which we are all blind. And until the Son of God opens our eyes, we're unable to follow Him. And yet, if you're a Christian, this is, this is true of what's happened to you. God has very graciously opened up our eyes. He's removed uh, the spiritual blindness, as it were, and enabled us to see the truth of who Jesus is and given us grace to follow Him. And an only appropriate response uh, for those who have been spiritually unable to see, once their eyes are open, the only appropriate response is to follow Him wholeheartedly uh, in His mission. And so we've gone from being blind to being able to see. And uh, those of us who, who follow in Jesus, who believe in Him, whose eyes have been open, the appropriate response is, is worship and, and glorifying God and thanking Him and I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you are, to just pause and to stop again and to remember this gift that, that God has given to you. That there was a time in your life where you couldn't see. You couldn't discern spiritual things. You couldn't see God for who uh, he, he was or who He is. You couldn't see the reality of the world through spiritual eyes. You were dull and undiscerning and blinded to the realities of, of, of the world of God, of sin, of forgiveness of the truth of the gospel, and yet now God has opened your eyes and enabled you to see. And He's enabled you to see so that you can follow. He's enabled you to see so that you can follow. And that others may worship Him as a result of what He's done in us. So as we close, let me give you uh, reminders of what we've looked at here. I want to encourage you to pause. You've got time. That's one thing we do have at the moment is time to slow down and to reflect and to think and to lean into our relationships with God and what He's doing in our lives. And I want to encourage you to stop and just remember uh, this gift that God has given you, that He's opened your eyes so that you can follow.
and following in these days is going to look different for everyone. It's going to, it's going to stretch us to follow Jesus faithfully in these days. But your eyes have been opened so that you may follow him. And I pray that you would rejoice in that gift of grace again this morning. Say, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for opening up my eyes. I was blind, but now I see. Praise the Lord, I'm yours, I'm following you. And then to take time to just imagine Jesus standing in front of you and asking you that potent question, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus is not some some genie in a bottle that we... We, we rub an up, he pops, and we, he grants us our three wishes, and we need to be careful what we wish for. He is the one who loves us. He is our Father. We are His children. And yet Jesus does, in, 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 I think in very real ways, stand before us and say, what do you want me to do for you? He loves to hear the honesty of our hearts. It may be a deep longing and need uh, that you have. You may be feeling completely overwhelmed and anxious with what's going on uh, around you in the world. I want to encourage you to sit with Jesus. He's asking you that question. What do you want me to do for you? You may be facing tremendous financial hardship and that's probably going to be a reality for many, many people uh, in this next season. Uh, Those things are not unknowns to God. He doesn't promise us prosperity. He doesn't promise us uh, all this abundance of provision. He just promised to be with us. And, and, And He longs to hear the honest, unburdening of our hearts and say that is gripping your heart with fear and worry, bring that, bring that to Him. Present your requests and needs before God. Be honest with them that you're worried about provision, you're worried about your business, you're worried about your family, your own health, our nation. Let's, let's be honest. God is big enough to have us dump all of our concerns and anxieties onto Him. He longs just for this outpouring of what's really going on in our, in, in our hearts. And just to answer that question, what do you want me to do for you? How God uh, responds. And you've got to think of this, if God responded uh, positively, as it were, to your request, would that bring praise and glory to God? Would it bring praise and glory to God as it were just for our own comfort? Sometimes God answers our requests in a way that will bring praise and glory to Him. Might be this uh, uncomfortable and disconcerting for us because it's not about us, it's about Him being put on display. It's about His glory and His praise and the honor going uh, to Him. But I want to provoke you that, and encourage you that God is able to help us. He loves you. He is interested and aware of what's going on and He longs. Just like Bartimaeus verbalized, I want to see. He wants to hear from us what we most deeply long for Him to do in our lives. You'll have heard this quote before because I've mentioned it quite a few times. Uh, I can't remember exactly who said it, but it said that in prayer, in our asking, we aren't trying to overcome God's reluctance, but we're trying to lay hold of His highest willingness. We're not trying to overcome His reluctance. It's not like we're trying to um, get God's arm behind His back and strong arm, in, strong arm Him into doing what we want. We're trying in our asking to lay hold of God's highest willingness. God longs to come and to step into our lives and to do what only He can do. And in these uh, crazy times, I want to encourage you to be praying bold prayers that God would do in us and through us, particularly as a church, particularly as those who follow Jesus, 
that he would do something in these days where many people are anxious and fearful. The world seems to be just be spinning. I said it feels like God is shaking the world. What will God do in and through you that would put him and his glory on display? Let's pray prayers like that, full of faith that God is able um, to do that and to answer. We're laying hold of his highest willingness to put his name on display. Let me pray for us and then I've got one or two things I need to share uh, with us. Father, I thank you that you are a healer, you're a provider, you're a sovereign, and you love us. And Jesus, as you walk this earth, you demonstrated all of these things in absolute abundance. And as we've looked at this story again of Bartimaeus, we just want to remind ourselves again that, Father, you are in control. Jesus, the authority lies with you. You're able to do whatever you want. And we take great confidence and courage and heart from the fact that um, this world is not spun out of, out of your control and yet you remain in control, in authority. Uh, we thank you that you see us as we're disconnected in many ways physically from each other. Thank you that you see us wherever we find ourselves this morning and you draw near as you've promised the Holy Spirit to be closer than any other human could be. And we take such great comfort from that. And we say, please, Father, would you pour out the Spirit on us to help us to help our hearts be at peace, that you are with us because you are in us and you're drawing near to us in these uncertain and troubled times. And as we answer this question, honestly, what do you want me to do for you? I pray that there would be an outpouring of honesty in our hearts and a, and a faith rise and to see you move for the display of your glory in our own lives, through our church, in our nation and around the world now. That you would do that for our good and for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a, a couple of quick um, updates around communication. We're going to continue to communicate primarily through the newsletter, uh, the Facebook feed and the Instagram posts. So if you are not signed up for any of those things, I encourage you to go and click on the links uh, and follow us there. I would encourage you to share this uh, YouTube video with others, invite them to watch uh, and to follow along as we continue in the series. And then also to comment uh, below, to inter interact a little bit more. It'd be great. I know some of this has been new for all of us, but uh, share some comments. Let's interact. Let's uh, kick stuff around and let's encourage each other as we do this. Much love. We'll see you soon.